What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. We got a great guest on tonight. Uh, exciting show um, tonight for y'all. Um, it's going to be different. We're not talking about uh, you know how to go catch this fish and when, but uh, we're going to talk about uh, boats um, and kind of the relationship that I've built with my buddy Frankie here that I'm going to bring on in a second. And um, vo- bo- boats and vessels, whether it be a kayak or you know a, a sport fishing boat, they're, they're what allows us to get to these fish and, and to target them. Um, and to kind of have you know an edge on the the fish and the other anglers so um, the the boats that Frankie's building through Explore Boatworks are, are awesome boats and excited to kind of share that with y'all and and uh, we're actually going to be bringing Explore Boatworks on as our full sponsor for this podcast so you're going to hear about Explore Boatworks a lot if y'all want to uh, to if you have any questions you can reach out to me or Frankie as as you know and um, I'm going to be moving into one of their 24 Andros um, boats and so if y'all have any you know any desire to go for a test ride or do anything like that you can definitely do that as well um, but I'm going to quit rambling here and go ahead and bring <laughs> Frankie on so I just am talking in circles what's going on man what's up buddy how are you I'm pretty good I'm going to I'm going to struggle today because we talked for so long beforehand I'm going to be like crap what did we talk about before we started recording what do we talk about after? But we'll just if, if we it did, feels we good, just, just saying, about killing a bunch of geese. Yeah, we did. Find nothing fishing related. We did. Apart from boats, if y'all want to kill geese, give Frankie a call. He can definitely <laughs> help you out with that. So we only share that information in private. <laughs> I, uh, I I I really uh, have been itching to go shoot a bunch of geese lately. It's funny how I'll kind of work through these different cycles of things I'm obsessing about, and right now it's killing I mean, residents. The same thing, geese. and it always is like a day late and a dollar short like when it's when it like it's hunting season i'm like oh man i can't wait for it to get to be fishing again and then like fishing season hits and it's like and it's starting to become obviously with what we're doing now building right. all these boats it's becoming a, like it's all year yeah. and so like september 1st is like my favorite day of the entire year since i was 12 years old like dove season opens yeah like, it's the greatest day it's better than my birthday it's better than christmas <laughs> like it's the greatest day ever and for the last three years like i haven't had a place to go shoot doves and it's like i get there and i'm like crap like there's nothing to go you know it's just saddening so i've like this year i've made it a point like i've missed dove the opening day of dove season again this year i made it a point to like not go on social media to not like listen to like i knew i was going to be inundated with pictures of dead birds it was just gonna haunt me right and it just made me sad so we went tarpon fishing instead there you go yeah. that works yeah. Uh, yeah, was good. instagram man it's great in so many ways and it sucks in so many ways i mean like if i wasn't a fishing guide and i had to see all these fish pictures being posted all the time like and i wasn't on the water it would kill me but also when i have a, a crappy day of fishing and i look at instagram and i'm like dang he got him today i'm like it's, it's almost even worse then too so and this year like so we launched our X7, our new skiff, back in June down in the Keys, and we're like so pumped. We took three boats down, had a house rented for a month, a little over a month down there in Sugarloaf, and man, we were gonna like go destroy the tarpon. And yeah. I don't know what ha- like what, what I did bad this year to like to absorb the karma that I've had this summer. <laughs> but I'm telling you, your, your fishery could be firing like everybody and their brother there like whacking them and the minute that i showed up like it was over like it was <laughs> you dying. sent them north this year we, we we started 
the breeding migration for tarpon in the keys this year like we got there and they're like peace we're out and it was it was that was just and we kept going like it can't be bad for nine days in a row it can't be bad for 10 days in a row it can't be bad for 14 days in a row and then it just kept going and going but no it's um the the whole social media thing is is great in some regards and it is absolutely like depressing in others yeah. when you know you're having a an off day for sure we try to go through with our social media stuff and really highlight kind of everything that's going on we've got a great uh, guy here named Tyler Domain that works with us that has just hit the ball out of the park with capturing what we do on a weekly basis and and making and showing every side of it. Um, you know, kind of how we build boats and all the stuff that we do. Yeah. I kind of think of boat building like this might be a, this is just a thought that just popped in my head, but I like watching YouTube videos. And so if I really like a YouTuber, at first I just want like the hardcore hunting and fishing clips. But then when I really like a YouTuber, it's like, all right, I want to see his day to day, like his vlog style stuff. And, um, and I feel like that's, what's done well through, through y'all social media is it's not just like these fancy finished pictures of the boats but it's like the backstory it's pictures in the shop it's pictures of the build you're kind of figuring out the whole story of that boat instead of just seeing the end well the, the end can hide a lot I yeah mean, you know there's a lot the you know what you're paying for is the what you see in the underbelly you know i mean you're you're and that's kind of where we've tried to really be different and what we do is and not different than everybody by any means there's there's a thousand ways to skin a cat and there's but our our gig has been we wanted to really build from the beginning the best constructed boat that we could build with the best materials um but find a way to like shave the cost to where we could compete with like a higher end production price point right where it wasn't gonna like break your yeah it, it seems you know granted there's a lot of people that made a lot of money here in the last handful of years and good for them that they can go spend you know, eighty thousand dollars on a skiff for two hundred and something thousand dollars on a bay boat, but like, you know, <laughs> I want, I like, I tell the uh, people that come in here, like, I want you to have some money to go use the damn thing. Right like, after, after you buy it, like, at least you have some money to put in for fuel to go out and play on this thing that we've built because, you know, we're tasked with a very unique opportunity in building boats like what we do, um, and it's a really awesome opportunity because nobody comes into our shop like not happy you know it's up to us to like screw that up and make them not happy but like when you come in to buy a boat it's bought from like 100 percent a place of joy mm-hmm. like it's it's something that you've been thinking about you've been wanting to buy you either have one and know that like you want something that does better or whatnot but you have this vision of what you're going to do with it and it's different for everybody you know you and i may want to go fishing or shooting birds off of it or whatnot but like somebody else may want to see their kids skiing or want to see like in any of those things Uh and none of them are bad like none of them are bad and none of them have less value than the others but it's our job to make sure that we can make that happen and it's a daunting task and it's an awesome task. Um, but it's been super fun to like have people come in here, um, and have different ideas about what they want to do with the boats and push us to kind of get outside of our comfort zone and build some things, whether it be, you know, building them out of fiberglass or building them out of pipe. Um, but really taking, you know, what we wanted to build from the beginning was like this blank canvas that didn't really limit you from doing anything and having people come in and really, 
take off with it and make it their own has been just fascinatingly cool for us to be a part of. And it's been a huge like affirmation of what we wanted to do from the beginning. And that I always had, you know, I'd go look at, um, go look at go to a boat show and see a boat that from the side of it the lines look beautiful and then you go and you peek over the side and you're like i don't know how i'm going to use <laughs> this layout or this or that to do what i want to do with it right and um so we wanted to like really step back front at the beginning and not take creative liberties with what we thought our customers were going to do but like try to go through that how do we make it to where the boat can morph easily into what every one of those different uses would be yeah. whether it be like okay yeah we build a flat a, a flats boat but it's so much more than a flats boat and the way that you rig it i mean you can take and make it to where it is a super technical polling skiff that's designed to go super shallow and has all of those things in it that any other high-end flats boats as you can do with our x18 or you can take it and make it like a john boat like yeah. you can throw a tiller on it and no tower and it can be a cool color match boat to a 48 foot sea ray that you have tied at your dock like and it's just as valuable to that person yeah like it has nothing to do with us like but you know i have things i want to do with it and i've tried to make it where that's not the only thing that you can do definitely you know and the same thing with the 24 is that we looked at okay yes there's a need for we need to have a, a bay boat type boat but i don't like bay boats like personally like i just think that there's a lot of things in there for how they can be used that they kind of shortchange themselves on being able to do right so if you're going to go out um in wilmington or you're going to go out on the beach or whatnot and you're going to you know spot lock off on your trolling motor and, and tarpon fish or bull red fish or you know whatever you're fishing for in rough croaker. conditions yeah you're a croaker <laughs> fish. um you can't stand up on the Ford casting platform right. of any bay boat. It's I don't care if you're like in the circus and you're the best balancer in the entire universe. Well that spotlight gets going back and forth. You're done. You can't stand there. <laughs> I mean you're gonna get thrown off. Right. And so and having kids having two young kids that love to do this stuff, like how do we keep how do I keep them safe from getting thrown out of the boat? And so having like I always like how you know, contender CV, like those guys, you could really fish all the way around the boat, with like mm-hmm. safe contact points in the boat. There was toe kick everywhere. And so that's what kind of led to our, how we have the bow section of our 24 and no rear deck in the 24. So you can, you can take it offshore. You can, um, you know, we were red snapper fishing on that boat. Um, a couple of weeks ago with seven people on the boat. Wow. Uh, that's awesome. No problem. Like everybody down the side, the boat's super stable. Um, but it, it's enabled us to go do that, and then we could have gone back and, like, fished a flood tide out of the boat. Like, the boat only drafts 11 inches of water. So you could go, like, we ran 50 miles offshore, ran 130 miles in the ocean. Um, we run 27 gallons of fuel, and then we could have come back in and, like, driven it right up onto a grass flat and grabbed the fly rods up from underneath the gunnels and caught tailors. Like, there's not <laughs> another boat out there that, like, caters to that need from me yeah and that's my need too i need all that well i think if i think if you're going to go spend you know what these boats cost and not just ours but like if you're going to go buy like a a a middle of the road 24 foot boat from a boat dealership you're going to spend 65 70 thousand dollars with one that's like you know has all the electronics and cushions and all that stuff on it it should 
not leave a box unchecked for you. Right. Like it shouldn't. It's too much money. You should be able to be able to do everything you want to do with that amount of money being spent. And it's not for me as a builder to like box you in and, and right. say that you can't do it. So, you know, with our boats being really open and really simple and like, you know, the word utilitarian gets thrown around, but a lot of times that comes along with like a Carolina skiffish type feel, which I'm not, you know, I don't feel like we are that. <laughs> not uh, yet, at least. I'm right. Just You're but, not yeah, quite there is what I'm saying. We're trying to figure out how to splatter Joko better <laughs> now, but, um, it just, when you simplify all those things down, like my whole thing is, okay, do you want to go, like, do we want to go shoot sea ducks out of this 24? There's plenty of room on the front to strap a layout boat to, Heck and yeah. we could do that. And we could go shoot ducks in the morning, come back in, dump that out, throw electric reels on, and go out and go bottom fishing, and come back in and dump that shit off, and then grab cushions and trick the boat out to where it's got seating for 12 people, and go on a booze cruise. <laughs> we could literally do all that in one day with any of our boats. Sounds like a tiring Just, day, though, to be honest. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> one. Um, but I guess the, the point being is that <clears throat> I know what I want to do with a boat, and that's not what everybody wants to do. And I'm totally comfortable with our boats being able to kind of morph into that from either a God standpoint or a um, you know, however anybody wants to use it. They want to go skiing on the lake. Like, whatever. It's your boat. Like, yeah. We want to build it how you want to build it. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, and that's what I've seen with that boat, too. And before, so I, I mean, I'm currently running a Jones Brothers 23 Cape Fisherman yep. that I moved into for the reason that you just explained. Uh, before that, I was running my dad's. When I had, at first, I was really just running a lot of two person flat skiff trips. And as my business grew, I needed a bay boat. So I was borrowing my dad. He had a 23 uh, Sportsman bay boat. Yep, um, boat. Great boat. It was really good for what I was doing. But when I got off the beach and it was sloppy, I mean, the boat becomes about four feet long because everyone's standing right around the console. No one's on the front deck. No one's on the back deck. Um, and I was like, you know, this is really limits. I did a lot of albacore fishing in the fall. I have a lot of fly clients, yeah. and that was really popular. And that was just a hard boat to do that out of. So having those higher gunnels is, is, is key. And having that, I love how y'all have got that front deck, but it still has some toe kick there where you can kind of yep. have a little bit of stability. Um, it's just, it's a very nice touch and it's good for clients. It's good for kids. Um, I really do like that. Um, it, tell me this, does y'all, y'all's boat, is it, is that built into the mold, the front step? Is that an option to have that front deck or not have the front deck? No, right now it's a, we're, we're looking at doing some other, um, honestly, our tooling list right now is so long just from like getting spooled up into yeah. all these other parts and building all these other boats at, at um, right now there is no other option, but what we have as far as the step up deck. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to do it flat deck. Like I was, I have a family, but I was like, I don't care about, you know, that's like kind of that how boat. I feel about boats yeah. too. I'm like the yeah. boat's my like, boat. It's my throw boat. Throw a bag chair in the front and you're good. Yeah. But, um, though it has been nice it, it's a huge storage box in the front i mean it's yeah. it's a honestly it's about a 450 quart storage box in the bow of the boat wow. I mean, it's humongous um so that was kind of the other thing is excuse me um as opposed to going like all of these smaller boxes in the boat um i opted to go with just these massive holds so that you could take if you want to go camping like all your camping should fit in there if you want to go do what it allows you to go do whatever you want right with the boat and not go there's crap all over the deck because i can't fit it in this mm. box I, I use the analogy in the shop is like 
everybody remembers old Columbia fishing t-shirt, like the button-up fishing shirts. <laughs> it had like 73 pockets on the front that hold like three pennies, a paper clip, you know, and 17 cents and nickels. Like, that, but that's all that it would hold. And like, I just need a pocket, like a big pocket, and I'll take it from there. Like, I got it. I got to stick my wallet, my can of chew in there. Yeah, you right. know. Exactly. But like, so that's kind of what we did. Is that, you know, we just need the big boxes. Yeah. We don't need a bunch of little ones. So yeah. we've got a, um, a 340 quart insulated kill box in the floor. Wow. Um, so if you, you know, you can store cast nets and all that stuff in it if you're not killing fish every day, but you can also take it out and like go catch a limit of gaffers offshore with it one day. And the boat's totally capable of doing all of those things. Um, or you can take camping gear you can it's a dry box so that there's no deck drains that drain into it it's macerator drained um so you can just flip a switch and dump everything out of it if you if you want to from a fish box standpoint but um yeah i wanted to have it to where you i I love those elements of like a 27 foot offshore center console that i like a contender or cv i really love the fact that you could open the front, gaff a fish, throw it on the floor, close it, and then, like, back to business as usual. Definitely. And knew that, like, it wasn't going to get beat up. There was plenty of room. Like, it wasn't trying to bend the fish in half to fit it in there. Um, yeah, and it was insulated enough to where it would hold ice for the day. Yeah. And we've worked around some of that stuff. So we've got now to where they're they're fully foamed. Uh, they're bonded into the stringer grid, and then they're foamed around. So the only – you've got, you know – an inch and a half of foam over the top of about the weakest place of insulation that they have in them. Um, but it's a nice box to like, and it opens, it opens forward towards the deck, towards the front deck. So if somebody's standing on the front deck and steps off, Mm -hmm. they step onto the hatch lid and close it as opposed to like stepping in the box and breaking their leg. Oh, Um, that's, that is genius. So there's some of like, try to go through and think about like, not just here it is, but how are we going to like live around it and work around it in the boat? Um, And on a lot of those offshore boats, they would open side two. So like if you're gaffing a fish on the side of the boat and turn and throw it in the box or the angler has to step back so you can grab the leader, like they're coming, they're stepping in the box and that's Mm -hmm. happened to me before a couple of times. Yeah. That way the box is open. If you step in it, you're stepping on the lid and it closes. Um, and you put a 65 Yeti in front of the console and the box is still designed to open up and whatnot from there. Um, but it's a, it's a, again, it goes back to like, I want you to be able to go run offshore one day. Like, I want you to go bluefin tuna fishing on this thing. Like, uh, you know, we've got electric rail ports that we put in a lot of them for sword fishing. We're, you know, we want this boat to do everything, to do everything or be at least be available to, like, you may not want to do that, but like, if you come to me and say, I need it to go, you know, we want to just talk about running over the Bahamas. Like that needs to be available. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it needs to be able to be done. And when we get there, you know, we're going to want to go run out to the corner of the pocket or something like that and go trolling or go do whatever. Like, it should be able to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I've had that boat in some rough stuff, and I have would put it up against anybody's um, as far as how it performs and runs. I mean, we've <clears> – the last day red snapper season here, uh, like I said, you had seven people on the boat. Um do you all have the same season as ours, or was yours really recently? Yeah. We have the same season. No, no, as ours. Okay. Yeah, same season. That three-day deal yep. in June or July, and then that one Friday 
I think after that or something like that. It was kind of weird. Yeah. We fished the first weekend. I didn't fish the second, the second round, but, um, you know, we ran out, we had 300 pounds of ice in the kill box. I had, it's got a 40 gallon well on the back of the boat. We had that full, um, seven people gear, leads, 18 rods. I mean, we looked like a porcupine running through the inlet with that <laughs> thing. But, um, we ran out, you know, say 127, 130 miles in the ocean, you know, spot, 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 kind of bouncing around beautiful day in the morning. Um, average speed about 28 miles an hour. That's with the 225 Mercury on the back. So a smaller bit of horsepower than most of the boats in that class would require. Um, and on the way in, um, like you probably get our sea breeze kicked up a little bit. Yep. It was, you know, a choppy four to six feet coming in and we're still making 28 miles an hour. Wow. Um, yeah, but no, you know, we got a little wet here and there, but still for what it is like crazy dry for the size of boat that it was and never had, um, any, any time we felt unsafe or really pounded, um, the bottom design on that thing, it's got a really big pad on the bottom that yeah. starts at the entry of the boat. So, um, as you trim it, you know, most boats are going to trim up. So you're just going to pick the bow upwards with this pad. You kind of lift the whole boat vertically. So it lets you really lead with the sharpest point of the, of the bottom, obviously being the bow. Um, it lets you lead with that at speed. Um, so you can run the boat, um, really quick and, you know, like in a wind chop, a three to four foot wind chop, you can run 55, 60 miles an hour in it and be totally comfortable. Wow. Um, and then with that 225, it's it's a six it's a 58 mile an hour boat with the setup that like we're talking about on your boat it'll be a, a, a high 50s top end speed but like a cruise at 30 you'll be at like six five and a half six miles per gallon wow uh, which is double what most of the boats are in that class at those speeds with bigger motors and that's um, with the Pro XS the Mercury 225 no that's just regular 225 that's just regular 225 okay yep yep. They don't do the Pro XS in the 225 yet. They do it in the 175, which we've gotcha, run all. Gotcha. We've run 175, 175 Pro XS, 200, and 225 on that six-cylinder Mercury and had great numbers gotcha. uh, on all of them. Um, but it's a light motor. It's 470 pounds, um, which is really light for that size class of, of motor. So it lets you do a lot with the boat. Like you could put a – you could probably go pull it around on a – flat i mean it, it's only going to draft about 10 inches of water with that setup on it i've learned to really hate my push pole i love a yeah photo. <laughs> i'm just kidding i still like pulling i like pulling but um, but the boat gets really skinny i mean to the point like um if anybody's followed us they've seen that uh white tower that second station tower boat yeah. um i mean that guy's had a day where he ran 50 miles offshore with that uh and then ran back in and fished a flood tide out of the the boat that afternoon like it's not awesome. a made-up story like he'd actually done that josh boils um he's one of our other guys down it seems like these boats give people extra energy too I'm, I'm thinking to myself like all right i run 50 miles offshore and then come back in i'm like I, all i can do is get to the dock and and then i'm like oh, i'll clean i'll leave the fish on the ice i'll clean it tomorrow and i'm like yeah. getting back to my house but um no that's dude that is awesome i'm so stoked because that's one thing with with the boats i've been in and I, is i haven't had that range um so like, tell me, tell me this: running fifty miles offshore and, and coming back in, like, how much, how much gas? What is our true range on this? Like a safe range on this boat, as far as, um, you know, burn per like how much gas? Let's say, say if you're running if you're running thirty miles an hour, you're going to be at like a four hundred and fifty mile range on the boat. Yeah, that's awesome. So hopefully, I mean, get as a god, you can get you know, 
three days, four days out of a tank of fuel sure, before yeah. you got to go back to the dock. Yeah. I mean, where it makes it like, like we were talking about before, I mean, these are somebody coming and buying a boat personally, like it's a, um, a legacy item for a lot of people. Like it's going to be something that they keep and hold on to. And, um, especially with like in some of the markets where we've been in like the polling skiffs and whatnot, like your dream has been to have this brand of this, a, a, an old waterman or an, right. a whip or something like that. And like, it's, it's going to be something that you buy and it's like a classic car almost like you're not going to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But as a, as a guide, um, it's a tool. I mean, it's a tool just like a fishing rod, just like a water pump, just like anything else that helps you do your job. Like you are the reason people are coming there and you know, everything else around you is replaceable. And so for our, for a, for a boat, for somebody in like your position, like it needs to be thought, how is this going to maximize my ability to do my job better? And whether it be, it allows me to make some more money to invest in this part of my business, or it allows me more fuel to where we can go further and stay out longer. Like all of those things have value to your customers and to you. It's not like just saying, well, it's going to be more efficient. So Judd can make more money. Like that's great, but that's the goal. Like, right. That's the goal that your customers should have for you. That's the goal that we have for you. That's the goal that you have for you, like because it affords you the ability to do better things. And so, if we can have you a boat that doesn't require you going to the fuel pump every now and again, if it allows you to, um, you know, run a day that you might not be able to run in your in another boat, then it adds, it adds income to you mm-hmm. and it adds value to you. You know, we had a, a, did a demo for a couple of gods. Um, in Charleston, I guess it was back in January, and they were talking over like, "Well, I don't know if we can, if I can afford to buy a new boat right now. I don't know if I can afford the payments on this thing of what it would be." And we're, our, our boats aren't terribly expensive compared to, you know, other boats in the market, but it's still expensive. Period. Right. Um, and so we got the talk, and I was like, "Well, why'd you call me to do a demo today?" And they're like, "Well, because we had to cancel our trips because the weather was bad." And I was like could you have fished on this boat today? And, uh, yeah, like we ran all over damn Charleston Harbor at very high rates of speed. Like they could have easily <laughs> fished that day. I'm like, well, there's your boat payment. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a God. Like you have to go like some of it and think of it like a business decision. Like it, are you going to, is it going to allow you to make more money? Is it going to allow you to do this? Um, you know, then it becomes a reason to make a decision. I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, I know where you should go with this. Is you should start teaching a course for people that want to buy new boats, but have to slowly break <laughs> it to their wives, because you're really good at explaining it. I'm like, we, God, this all makes so much sense. I've got to buy the new boat. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, t- I tell everybody we bring the wives in. We do well. We do well with them. But I think I, I have to look at the same thing. Like, right. I have to look at everything that we do here. Like, I, I'm trying to build. I've, I've got a demo for me to use to show like mm-hmm. if I don't have that I can't go sell more boats right but it costs me a lot of money to go build out this tool that I need to be able to go come up and see you and we go for a ride to go to all these other places and take people that are interested in our boats mm-hmm. for a ride and I don't just have to have one of them I have to have one of every single model <laughs> if I really want to give like somebody a legitimate experience as to what they're what they want to buy because I, you get the rare person that comes in and calls and says like hey this is what i want i've you know here's here's your money give me my boat 
kind of thing. Right. But for the most part, like I don't expect anybody to go spend all this money without like getting on it and going for a, a ride and like seeing if it works in their space. You know, that's it's a, it's a big commitment that they're asking from us, and it's a it's a big decision that shouldn't be made lightly. Um, so yeah, I've got to do the same thing. Luckily, my wife doesn't work up here. Um, so I don't have to pitch it to her, but I've got a handful of other people that are probably a lot more scrutinous than my wife is um, when it comes to that stuff that we've got to sit down and make sure it makes sense yeah. for our business to do the same thing. But I think, you know, for a lot of people looking at like getting into guiding, um, you know, something that we were talking about a little bit before that like there's it's changing now to where it has gone from this guy's a really good fisherman. And he catches a lot of fish, and so he's going to have a guide business that is Judd's Fishing Charters, and he's going to have his boat, and I'm going to call him to go do that. And it, and it's shifting now to, you know, the uh, equip the, the the getting from point A to point B, and the comfort of being in engaged in it uh, is important, like. You know, not only from your customer safety standpoint, but from your business's standpoint. Like, do you want to have like you may be the greatest fisherman in the world, but if you're on you know an old beater rig that the motor barely cranks and all this stuff, like it's going to say something about your business right. and who, and who you are. Um, right. And having a, a a a nice boat that does the job that you want it to do and allows you to go do the you know be the be the great fisherman and great guy that you are is important. And I'm not saying like that's just our boats, but I'm saying like it makes sense to have somebody's going to want to come back to you. If I want to bring my wife to go fishing with you and we get on the boat and she's got a super comfortable place to sit out of the sun, well, like it's going to be really easy for me to say, Hey, let's go fishing again. Yeah. Um, and so looking at it from like those type things of, um, you know, as how, how, this is the business, and there's some decisions that you got to roll the dice on. I have to do it here every day. Like, do I think we're going to be able to do it? You know, hold your breath, close your eyes and jump in kind right. of thing. I mean, that's, this this whole business started in my garage. You know, I've got the original boat taped out on the floor in my garage. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a lot of close your eyes, hold your breath and jump and like hope that you float on the other side um, yeah. to get to where we are now. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, closing the wife uh it happens for everybody it's not just <laughs> touch you right exactly um and and i'm my wife's like you're very supportive like if i if if she if i think it's a good move she she's in support and yeah it's a good move um but it's it's so true what you're saying as far as like how business is changing and especially in the entertainment world of like guiding or, or boat oh, yeah. building it's like and especially guiding, it's not like I just am guiding these people when they're on the boat with me anymore. You know, 90% of them are following you on Instagram. They're looking at your YouTube videos or listening to the podcast and um, walking these people through like, you know, the experience of fishing with someone now isn't just like the four hours you have on the water with them. It's kind of like the whole relationship um, that, well, that they follow it, with you, you know? 100% agree. And I think if it's something that you want to make long term, like some of the stuff that we were talking about prior to this podcast, like, how do you take and 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 grow your business out to where you, it's planable? Right. And the like, how do you go out and make sure that like, okay, this year is working towards making next year better and the next year better and the next year better. That it it is you as a as a fishing guide, you're charged with a pretty high task 
like you're not only supposed to go catch these people some fish but you're supposed to make sure that like you entertain them the entire time you teach them you teach them about the conservation that we have to have in these spaces to make sure that there's something for them to come back for you t- all this stuff it's a heavy load of things that you're charged to do when you take these people out on the water and the same thing that like we're excited to be a part of is you know how do you not how do you but like the way that you're going to grow your business and the way that we're going to grow our business through you is for you to be able to go be like a steward of the entire ecosystem. Yeah. So like when, when, when you get out that you point out the things, like the things that it takes days and days and days and days and days on the water to appreciate, you know I mean? There's that old adage of, I'm going to go catch, like I'm dying to just go catch one. And then once that happens, I want to catch a ton of them. And then kind of the end of it is I just really want to catch them the way that I want to catch them. And I don't care how many. And, right. and that, that happens when people are coming to fish with you is that they're coming and they just want to catch one. Well, it's your job to show them that, Hey, that it's not necessarily the most important thing of this trip. Like let's look at how, you know, how pretty it is to watch the sun come up, how amazing it is to watch the, all of this life unfold around us and wake up in the morning. Like all of these things that make the trip, the trip. I, I always laugh at and personally, like, I can tell you every giant deer that I missed. I can tell you every big fish that I didn't catch. I can tell you all these things that didn't happen. Right. Much more in much more detail than I can tell you about the biggest ones that did happen. Yeah. For the fact that like I remembered all of those things around. I remember the morning looked like the sunlight. All those things like I took in and remembered. And it was and that's what made me go back. And I think there's a lot of ways to take and say, you know, hopefully we're not educating all these people to go out and it'd be like, how many can we go catch? Cause that's the worst mentality to have. You miss, you miss all the good stuff oh, yeah. if that's what you're going after. And it's, and we're excited about that from our business and that, you know, our job is to build this vessel that takes you out and makes all the adventures and things that you've seen in your head happen happen like we were talking about this a little bit before but like when i stand at the steering wheel on our boats like i see something happening in front of me of what i want this boat to go do for me and Mm -hmm. it's not specific to the boat it's more specific to me that like i want to go see my two boys catch whatever they want to catch and have these laughs and i want to see the laughs happening in front of me i want to see the excitement and i want to see them wanting to go back and do this because it means so much to me like i want to pass that on to them somebody else who's 19 20 getting their first boat that's the last thing on their mind like what they want to see is something totally different they want to see them out with all their friends you know drinking beer at the sandbar they want to go see them shooting ducks or catching fish or whatnot and like for us to be able to build that part for somebody is amazing like it's awesome to be able to be a part of that and it's a daunting task to be able to to go make sure that all that happens for them and happens for them in a a safe environment Mm -hmm. yeah we build this thing that somebody can go kill all their friends with too like you know they can cause a lot of problems um and so it's a big task i mean and it's a big task for like okay we build the boat and then we count on you to go teach how do how do these people interact with these places? Yeah, and fishing guides are a lot of people's like first 
immersion into something like you have, you know, you're in Wilmington, you have a ton of people moving there, especially now after this pandemic, like moving away from some of these bigger cities and wanting to find somewhere that they can, okay, life has this new meaning. Now we can go get out and experience all this stuff. Boat markets exploding. Like everybody's getting, wanting to get on the water. Um, and their first encounter with like, what are the manners of this and what are like the rules of the road typically come from them hiring somebody to go, show you to have this experience right and the the great thing about this pandemic is it has exposed millions of people to this this uh, this unbelievable experience of being on the water like and yeah there's going to be more people crowded there's going to be more people out doing this and there's gonna be more people being dumbasses around everywhere and like it's going to happen right but like it's our job to like one, hopefully try to steer these people into making good decisions, but two, like think of think of how how awesome is it now that like there's twenty million more people out there that may want to go fishing with you. Like there's twenty million more people that want to come spend money in Wilmington to support they come fishing with you, they buy a hotel, they go out to eat, they buy all this like the the, the economic impact of that number of people coming into a place and how amazing it is to be a part of that on our end of things to where we can actually help make it better, but we can also help our families by having more successful businesses and, and being able to build more boats for people. Um, it's just, it's a, it's, it's this batch of lemons that has really does have a good shot at being lemonade like yeah. and being good lemonade. Yeah. Um, That's a good way to put you it. Know, that like, we've got a chance to change that. And I think it it's, you know, you go fish with some gods in these places that get really mad at other people coming in there. And I'm like, you know, look, you moved here. Right. You know, they wanted to come here the same reason you did. Um, don't you think it might be better to go, like, explain to them what they're doing wrong and be the bigger person so that maybe they call you when this is done to go experience it again? Um that's what we try to do. Yeah. You know, we get plenty of people that have like you that are super experienced in boats and we get people that have never had a boat before in their life and they crash it into everything and we laugh about it and fix it and high five them and send them back out the door to go crash <laughs> and rip shit again. Like that's, that's what's going to happen. But, um, it's a pretty special thing. Um, and I'm kind of rambling around here, but it's no, a, no, you're, pretty, I love it. <laughs> it's a special thing to be able to take something and, um, that means like the world to us and not just like, you know, if we sell a bunch of boats, great. Uh, if we get a bunch of people on the water from what we do, that's even better. Like we're going to sell boats. Right. I'm, I'm worried about us selling boats, but our number one job is to like expose people to this amazing experience that has molded. I know it's molded me, um, in my life on how to treat people, how to, you know, how to lose stuff, how to deal with being, you know, just depressed and beat down to how to like get through certain, you know, stupid as it sounds like, you know, taking and having the biggest fish you've ever caught, like get off because you know, you made a mistake, like as dumb as that is, like it teaches you a huge lesson. Yeah. Um, and it, and from kids, like I'm watching my kids who are 11 and eight and watch them go through, like tying their own crappy knots that I know we're going to like, come off as soon as anything bites on the other end but like at some point like they learn to tie better not right and then they, they learn to deal with that like how do i get back up and get back at it again and it's a it's a it's a much different um 
it's a much different deal than anything else out there on the in the, in the world. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not a you don't get any that there's no sport that does this. There's no there's no there's nothing out there that does what the primality of this does for us being humans is it it's it's an innate thing that we have to go capture something and harvest it and and eat it and use it and and honor it Mm -hmm. and like all of those things and all those things teach you so much about every part of your life but it's something that we're supposed to do like we are supposed to go collect fish and eat them i mean god has tasked us with managing this place and to do that and to be yeah. stewards of that Definitely. and uh, and it's it's so cool to like like my kids they don't waste a thing like if we kill something it it's going on the table yeah. like whether you <laughs> like it or not like you're gonna grin and take a bite out of it and stomach it down but um but like they, they, there's no other place that they learn that there's no other place that they learn that food doesn't come from the grocery store that like that we're in charge and we are we are we can be good at it or we can ignore it and be bad at mm-hmm. it. And for them to see it on, you know, on our boats and to be able to like promote that through them is like, it's awesome. And it's something that, uh, you know, that our job is to do your job and my job is to make sure that we, ex- if people are going to get into this, that we expose them to that and teach them the right way to do it. But other, otherwise we have nothing to bitch about. Right. Like, you know, you can't sit there and complain that somebody's running over their jet skis doing this or all that stuff. Like, you can be mad as hell at them. But at the end of the day, you can, like, choose to just be mad or, like, go have a, a healthy conversation with somebody about why it messes you up right. for them to be doing those things. Right. And um, I try to have the healthy conversation. I know. In the places where I haven't. But I try to. <laughs> I think everyone has. And that's the tough yeah. thing about it. I mean, if you didn't know anything about fishing, I was thinking about this, the jet ski haters, and, and I do too. I hate jet skis in the Keys. But it's I like, know. all right, if you didn't know anything about tarpon fishing or flats fishing, and you're on a jet ski, like it's a beautiful spot to ride the jet ski. You don't realize. And then, but then as soon as they mess you up, like it's so easy to say it, and then somebody comes and like messes you up, and you're like, you son, oh my God. You know, it's just easy to. Oh, we had, we, so we went down, um, since I missed the day of dove season, I went tarpon fishing um, instead, and we ended up catching two fish down nice. here in South Carolina on Saturday. And the second fish we caught was in a like a place where nobody would ever think to go tarpon fish. And those are the best ones. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, you hope nobody rides by. Right. So you hooked up with one, but um, we're sitting there, and the fish just airs it out and it goes. To, to jumping and there's a boat like a, a, the cruising a, like a boat full of these guys family like running down the river and the fish like i'm trying to wave them away they have no idea they think i'm waving at them so they're all waving back and the fish like airs it out and like misses the side of their boat by like 10 feet like, jumps right at them they immediately bang a u-turn and drive like right up to the bow of the boat which is where we're fighting the fish off of you know they just saw jump and it was a lot it took a lot for me to just be like hey y'all mind coming around the back like you're welcome to follow around as much as you want from like behind the boat just so you don't mess up the the line cool with that and they were totally stoked yeah yeah they followed us around the whole day and watched us catch this fish and we're screaming and yelling for it it was awesome um you know, then shortly after that, I had some dude about run me over and end up cussing him out in front of my kids and looking like a total idiot. So I'm like a total both into the spectrum. <laughs> you sound like that. me. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, it's definitely better to go at the first the first way. I think those people now will, you know, if they see somebody fighting a fish, they'll definitely won't drive up to the front of the boat. Yeah, now they understand. It, you've done right. way instead of when they see somebody fighting a fish and they're like, "Oh, screw this person! I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, you know, do donuts around him because the last guy yeah. was a jerk." <laughs> so, yeah, educating in in a in a humble way. It's easy to like sometimes try to educate too in a way where you're kind of belittling a person and that's yeah. almost the same as which is usually the, the route I go because I can tell myself and feel good about it but really I was just still kind of being a jerk um, but I can make it okay in my head so right um, you can vouch and I do still hate jet skis I will stand by that yeah, statement for I don't a long like time. jet skis either I don't like them either I, but I, I can't wait to see what y'all do to compete with the new Sea-Doo fishing jet ski yes we're, that's <laughs> definitely high on our list right now lots of lots of development R&D work going into that right now well with that being said um, I, what I wanted to capture in this is, is people you know understanding who you are as kind of the head of Explore Boats because I think when building a boat it's people underestimate how important it is to like the company like the person you're working with like the, like the, the story behind what Explore Boat Works sure. is um, but also let's just tell people real quick the, the boats that y'all have like if they're interested in because we've got a, a large spectrum of different types of anglers yeah. that listen to this podcast so yeah, kind of go I'll, through I'll, all I different will boats. say like kind of to get on your comment of like our culture of our company like I've always from the beginning of this I've said like we're an adventure company that makes boats um, yeah. like we're really fortunate to make that we didn't get like successful making t-shirts um, you know like it's good that we we had a product that was carried a big enough price tag where you could really go do some cool stuff with what it funded right. you know, with the fuel that it gave us so we could go do some cool stuff um so that's kind of where we've been from a mindset going from the beginning is that you know that's who we are we are all avid users of the product um and we all have a lot of hours on them and making sure that we just provide the best experience we can for our customers is like vitally important and, and don't really care what boat you buy. Right. Like if, if you come to us and we help you make a decision, you go a different route, man, I'm just stoked you got on the water and let's, you know, I'll go fishing with you on your boat whenever you want to Yeah. I get zero, the, the zero problems there. Um, but we, we started with, um, our X-18, which is the boat you, you know, when we met however many years ago, four or five years ago, and you saw the first boat we ever did, um, we've got that skiff, which is our X-18, um, which is still one of our best sellers, and it's a it's an awesome little boat that will always be um, a value proposition for us. It will always be affordable. Um, it's made with the best components that you can get. Um, it's 100% vinyl ester resin. Um, and it's fully infused. Every part's fully cored. Uh, to, it makes the boat really, really rigid and stiff, but still keeps it really light. Um, and you can set the boat up kind of however you want. You can build it in stages. You know, you could take and say, okay, I only got this much money right now. I'm going to build a, a tiller, bare bones version. Um, and then next year I'm going to buy a console and a Poland tower, and it can completely convert to that boat, you know, without any work. Wow. Like everything's yeah. done the same. Um I did love that about Carolina Skiff and that, yeah. that you can build them out however you want to. And so I really like that aspect of how do we make a boat to where <clears throat> we're not cannibalizing itself. You know, if we come out with something new, it's come out and it's been able to be added to that particular platform. Yeah. Um, so the X-18 can be rigged up as a tiller boat um, with nothing on it. That power trailer, you know, out the door, you're looking at like 23 grand, 24 grand for that boat. Um or you can do it up to like I think our most expensive one to date is like forty one thousand bucks. That mm-hmm. was an all carbon, 
bait tanks, every electronics, the whole nine yards. So um, it runs the gamut of price through there, basically based on accessories. You know, I mean, you can spend as much money as you want when it comes to lithium batteries and trolling motors and electronics and, you know, power poles and all this stuff like that. It adds thousands very quickly. So from there, um, we've got a new skiff that we just came out called the X7, which is a seven degree, like more higher performance uh, running surface. Um, it is in no way a step like a, a souped up X18. Um, we've had a lot of people ask about what's the difference between an X18 and an X7. Um, our X18 is a small horsepower. It's a 60 horsepower max boat, 70 horsepower max boat. Um, it's not designed to go super fast. It's designed to carry a bunch of weight, draft really shallow, and be affordable. Um, the X7 is a kind of jump up in category in that it come, it's got, you know, an option for four lob welts in it. It's got hatches all over the back seat. Um, it's got it's a full carbon boat or our carbon laminate schedule. Uh, it's a padded running surface that with the you know with the 115 will run high 50s low 60s speed pretty consistently um it runs really well in big stuff it's a big boat i mean it's 18.6 but it pulls like a 16 footer um all of our boats from a polling standpoint are are phenomenal Mm -hmm. i mean i know i'm supposed to say that um but and having a bunch of other guys get on the boat and push it around like they that's been one of the comments has been like that's probably one of the better polling boats i've ever pushed um and they're super quiet there's there's that's one of the things that's been really important to us is to make the boats like ninja quiet where they don't make any noise um so all our skiffs do that um we've got another 13 degree bottom that we're working on right now that'll follow along in that x7 family of things um that'll be called the x13 um same top side same cap same liner uh just for guys that are looking for a more aggressive bottom um redfish tournament guys or tarpon tournament guys it's um that boat will be available you can run it with up to a 150 uh and it'll be a mid 70s speed boat uh if you need it to go that fast but it's a badass bottom um i'm super excited about that one Heck yeah. working on that one for about two years uh, and a lot of testing and uh it's phenomenal we're just getting ready to tool it probably next week so that'll be coming out here pretty soon um and then the 24 andros um andros is a really special place um for us and that the first explore project film series was shot in andros um which is why that boat got named that um and it's a really special boat for us just because it does if we really wanted to check a lot of boxes it was kind of our statement boat and a boat that we're going to you know if you look at the numbers of what's going to sell like you're going to hopefully sell that category has a lot more buyers out there for it than a technical polling skiff so um, as much as i love skiffs and messing with small boats um these bigger boats are probably the future of exploring what we do um so that 24 um it can be run with um you know a, a 175 um and no t-top or anything you can get in that boat for um in the 70s um with trailer and power and everything or if you want to go to you you can run a 450r on it if you wanted to um and it'll run 90 something miles an hour but you haven't built one of those yet but um you know your face back yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely um but you can run it with this you know a, a 
just the console um it's got a really big console in it which i love we had some caught some heat for that in the beginning before people kind of got in and out of the boat and used it um it's got 60 inches of headroom inside the console so um from a like a day-to-day use standpoint like if anything happens with your wiring which it's going to regardless i mean you're beating yeah. this thing around like stuff's going to come loose um you can sit on a five gallon bucket and there with your toolbox and like see every bit of your wiring um, that's one thing for myself that i've said if i ever get a different larger vessel but like not you can't really do it much i mean you can have good access with a skiff but you can only have so much access but I wanted a full door on whatever console and whatever boat yep. I ever had to be able to get in there and because wiring and salt water, I mean, it just you're going to have issues with it. Yeah, and I'm not a contortionist or a small person, right? So like <laughs> fitting in the in these places, um, you know, I hate I hated the fact that it, you had to that you couldn't see everything. So like when we went through and and laid out all of our chase tubes and all that stuff for this boat like there's only one area where your your wiring and stuff is in somewhere you can't touch both your hands together yeah. i mean there's a, a five foot chase tube from the console back to the lazarette um that's a five and a, you know four and a half or five inch pvc pipe so there's tons of room in there it's not like you're trying to pack a bunch of crap through a small piece of pipe but you can right. um, everywhere else you can see like you can open the back boxes um and if and there's some videos on Instagram, we walked through this boat. If anybody wanted to see what this looked like, they can go check out. But you can open the jump seats in the back and lay your eyes on every single through-hole fitting, like every outlet, every through-hole fitting, every outlet. You can lay your eyes and you lay your hands on just by opening up a, a box. So, like being able to kind of go through your pre-day punch list of kind of the oh shit factor pieces of the boat, like uh, is water going to stay out? Um, you can do all that in like a real quick deal, um, to where you can see all that stuff. And if you got to replace it, you can get to it really easy. Yeah. You know, all of our batteries are in the console. So everything's above the water line, all our power steering pumps, uh, power pole pumps, all, any of that is inside the console above the water line in the boat so that there's never, you know, there's a very small chance any of that stuff would get wet. And if it does, it's got like a, you know, some ventilation where it can, where it can dry out and get fresh air to it. Um, and then you can stand on top of the console. The top of the console is the same width measurements as our polling tower lid. So it's big enough to where, um, like on your boat, where you're not doing a, a tower or T-top to start with, you can easily stand up there and run your trolling motor. Yeah. So, like, if you're Kobe fishing or sight fishing, you can easily jump up there and kind of guide your customers to what they want to do. Definitely. Uh, and then for our, tea, our tower options... Um, you know second station it's it's you're standing on the console so there's nothing to like impede your vision um for anybody height wise driving the boat there's never going to be anything in their face to be able to keep them from operating the boat safely um and you can kind of skip up into the tower real easy and with doing that to where it's not super high like your boat but they, you've got a gap tower on your mm-hmm. yeah i got a full, a full um, tower yeah it gets a little crazy in the ocean trying to run that thing in some rougher stuff just because you're, you know, your cantilever point's a lot higher. Definitely. Uh, so with our second station, it's only about 12 and a half inches taller than our T-top profile. So the boat still stays really stable in the water. You can run it offshore in the tower in the ocean without, you know, feeling like you're riding a bull or something like that. Um, and then our, our next progressions up from there is we'll do a, a 27 foot version of our 24. Um, that'll still be single power preferred. It can be run as twin power, but 
you know, with the, these outboard motors coming out these days, there's some some really big motors. Um, yeah. that single power run these things pretty. They run them fine. Um, trying to get a little more width out of the boat um, and a little bit higher gunnels for that like true true hybrid of a boat that would let you like run on say hybrid from running offshore to running inshore not just like going in the ocean or not but like where you could you know take and have it to where it was a a, a decent offshore boat yeah like know. someone could buy that boat just to fish it offshore or they Correct. could buy it just to fish it inshore and, and do the right. same both both ways yeah yeah but it would give them all that and give them a little more space it's funny yeah. when um you know, when I, I'm 42 years old, and when I was 20 getting out of school, like an 18-foot boat was like the shit. Like, you know, <laughs> that was like, dang, that dude's must have got a good job because he bought an 18-foot boat. You know, now it's a 24-foot boat. Um, right. And the, you know, when I was in college, like, man, if you had a 24-foot boat, like, you were the man. Like, you were, <laughs> you know, that was the big rig. Uh, you were going to run offshore, and, like, that was the that was a big boat. You know, and now 24 is like the entry level stuff for a lot of people in buying the center console. And um, they're really comfortable driving 28 to 30 foot boats. Mm. Um, you know, it wasn't like this big learning curve from like going from an 18 footer to a 24 footer was a big jump. Now it's kind of whatever. So um, I think that 27 will be a really good boat for us price point wise. That'll probably fall in the 160 to you know, up range as far as there's a lot more stuff that can go on these boats. It's it's amazing. And people always ask, what does that boat cost? It's like, well, that's kind of a loaded question because you can spend $60,000 on accessories if you want to, like quickly, not like yeah. having to try very hard. So, um, you know, the bigger boats are going to be a little more expensive. And then we're going to, um, we're going to do a 30, uh, It'll be a 31, 32 foot catamaran um, offshore boat. I'm really, really excited about that. That gets me back to kind of my roots of things and the offshore side of stuff. Um, yeah, that'll be sweet. Excited. What is the it's time frame for the uh, the 27, and then what's the time frame for the the, the cat? Um, we'll start those. We've already started kind of the drafting process of drawing up the designs and getting all the holes kind of conceptually laid out in CAD. Um, and then we're hoping to start cutting the molds for those in January. I mean, it'll be a late next year thing for probably both of them. Um, we're targeting to kind of start having some boats hit the the water in May. Cool. So, like, you know, one, hull one will hit the water in May. And then board, we only have, like, through the middle of next year, probably one a month being built. Gotcha. Um, so we've, we're going to have to we're, – we're building a new building here to accommodate that. We don't have big enough doors or any more space here to be able to build those boats. That'll, so. be, that'll be sweet. Are you, what is the motor situation going to be on the, the 32, 33? Are you going to be able to accommodate four motors on those, those boats? You could, but I don't think you're going to need to. Yeah. I mean, my goal has always been to like try to make something run the best it can be with the lowest horsepower that it can be. And yeah. then you know the bigger ones are going to be fine. But like if you can I – mean, I'm ideally hoping that you can run that boat with twin 225s. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could also put like you know twin 450s on it or you could put three 200s on it. Um, it's going to be set up for the twin setup. Mm-hmm. Um and with us being able to infuse everything and build it, it'll be a little bit lighter. It has the capability to be lighter. Um, we're kind of working through all that right now. But my optimal power plan on that boat would be kind of that V8 block, um, 
250 to 300 yeah. set up for most people um, or 350 maybe 250 to 350 um, with it being able to hold a pair of 425s or you know anything under that gotcha. Um, gotcha. so but I still think that my goal has always been to how, how can we do more with less how can we do more with less horsepower um, it changes the price of a boat considerably um, you know if you're talking about having needing uh, like on that 27 if you can run the boat comfort at really good speeds with a single 300 um, versus twin 200s, you just sit shave twenty thousand dollars off the price of the boat. I mean, that's substantial. Um, so, being able to try to work around some of that stuff is things we're going through right now. Yeah, sweet. Well, yeah, man, man, is there anything else you think you want to share um, about y'all y'all's company, about yourself, about your story? Like any anything? Uh, we're we're getting we're right at an hour, so I usually kind of wrap it up in an hour. Yeah. And, um, no, I mean, I just if. Um, yeah, we try to we try to be our best versions of ourselves here. Um, and if if it's if you're looking for a boat and what we make, we'd love to like tell you what we do. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of pressure to buy a boat from us. We've we've been very fortunate and, and humbled to have people you know put the, to task us with doing that to mm-hmm. build them a boat. It's a big project, and it's uh it's something we just it's a labor of love for us at this point. Um, and it's it's just been awesome. Um, it's, it's something as a kid, I'd always dreamed I always drew boats when I was little and all that stuff. And I've been a part of like being on boats since I was a little kid and to be in this position, um, and to meet the people that we get to meet and to hang out with the folks we get to hang out with them, just kind of punch, you know, just pinching myself that a lot of this is real, that, um, just super thankful to be in the position that we're in. And I don't say that like, you know, cliche ishly or if that, if that's even a word, but, um, <laughs> Like, it just means a lot to me. Yeah. It means a lot to me to be able to do this stuff, and it's a it's stuff that we are really passionate about. And, um, you know, if it, if it, if what if there's a boat that we make um, that is something you want to chat about, man, give us a shout. You know, but I, I got yelled at yesterday for just sitting and hanging out with somebody too long here at the <laughs> shop. But like, we're here. Um, we're excited to talk boats, and um, man, we're just just. Give us a buzz. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will say for those of y'all that are listening and not watching, Explore is XPLOR Boatworks. So I've got yep. that as a lower third here on the video, um, but it's at Explore Boatworks, XPLOR Boatworks um, on Instagram. And then y'all's website is just exploreboatworks.com, right? Yep, correct. Cool. So yeah, y'all can go check stuff out there. Um, <laughs> and and check those boats out. They're awesome, awesome boats. Every single one of them um, is, is sweet. So... Man, I really appreciate you coming on here and, and doing this podcast. We've talked about it for a while. I forget I what know, what crunched us last time. I think one of us had I think I had to bail for some reason, but I'm glad we're getting it done now. So um, we'll uh, we'll definitely have you back on. I think we should kind of continue to do this as you know. Yeah, once you come out with a new boat or something like that. Yeah, and once we start on your boat too, like showing that thing, showcasing it along, doing some walkthroughs, like FaceTime walkthroughs and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, we'll have we'll have a we typically try to you know when anybody builds a boat like we we try to keep them in the loop through the entire build process you know it's like building a house you know at the beginning it's like super quick and all this big stuff is happening and then it gets to like 
you know, when the roof's on and the the walls are up and you start wiring the thing, like it looks like nothing's happening for a long period of time. Right, right. Um, so we go through that the same thing here and that um, the big stuff we try to make sure that uh, we share with all of our customers, whether, um, you know, pictures of it through the build process, when the hull comes out, when the lining, all those things get infused and pop out, kind of those milestone things happen, we shoot those out. So we'll definitely make sure that we do that with your boat too so you can see kind of that whole thing coming together yeah definitely definitely i'll, I'll have to come down there too and plan yeah. on doing some videos of of the building process to put on youtube so people can see that and kind of follow along and absolutely uh, kind man. of see the see the heart of the whole boat but man well thank you so much and guys i'm gonna i'm gonna finish this one up thank you all for tuning in oh that camera froze up so i'm gonna go back to this thank you all for tuning in to uh to this podcast and and as always uh just check us out on YouTube. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, all these other areas. If you're if you're listen if you are a listener on uh, any of the podcast platforms, go check out our YouTube channel because we've got these podcasts in video form. But we also have some fishing videos, a lot of tackle tip videos and stuff there. Um, be sure to subscribe there on YouTube, and uh, we will see y'all in the next one later.